You're listening to the Outdoors Group podcast. This podcast is a call to arms to get children and young people outside again. It's your one-stop shop for all things outdoor, child, young person and education related. Thanks for tuning in. I'm really excited today to be joined again by Beverly from the Outdoors School. Beverly's part of our dream team delivering phase three of our bespoke curriculum at the Outdoors School. Phase three is the name that we've given to the provision for our key stage four learners. In other words, those who in a mainstream school would be embarking on a slew of GCSEs over year 10 and 11. She's kindly joined me to talk about her thoughts on this stage of education and the alternative approach that we're taking with our learners. Thanks for joining me today, Bev. Nice to see you, Hannah. <laughs> um, so I know that you've been part of the creation and the development of our key stage four or phase three element here. Um, so how did you feel when first approaching this task? What were your kind of priorities for our learners? Oh, good question. Um, I felt excited because for me, it's the learner that leaves us at 16 that will probably be the measure of our school. Mm. So I was really excited to be asked to think up, implement and sort of put together what phase three would look like. Yeah. And I think that for us, it's got to look different, as you've already alluded to, to the traditional GCSE offering that Mm. most mainstream schools do because our learners for one thing probably are not going to be in the right place necessarily on that one day that that exam might be for that subject and then Mm. that's totally two years work out the window so I was really excited to look along the lines again of the project-based learning Mm. but be able to bring in some externally accredited accredited courses that would suit our learners yeah and I think that it was exciting also to see the journey and I really wanted to show that we can buck the trends at the moment the statistic says that only 16% of ASD adults are in full-time employment yeah and we really want to buck that trend and show that young people with ASD are more than capable of having fulfilling careers yeah And so I think that was the motivator for me was, yeah, we've got these wonderful young people who are thriving in the outdoor setting that we've got. Let's make sure our phase three key stage four offering is what they really need from their point of view. Yeah. And were there any, um, uh, so I think someone once said to me that if there's a mandatory, like kind of requirement for children at that age do some form of English and math is that true like they have to do a functional of some sort I think I mean, we'll go into it, this a bit yeah later on, I mean things change don't they yeah. but I think we would certainly be doing a disservice yeah. if we didn't fall into that kind of like expectation yeah. of education that young people come out mm. at a certain level of literacy mm. and numeracy so it, it, that was a very important consideration. Yeah. And we looked quite a lot at different um, examining boards mm. and different qualifications to see what would suit yeah. our learners best. And that could still evolve in the future because different cohorts may look different yeah. as they come through. But what we're trialling initially is uh, functional skills yeah. and ASDAN awards, yeah. which we think are a good fit. Also, they can be... Um, delivered in a project-based way yeah. without the learners really always realising that they are doing some maths or yes, some English yeah. or some ICT. <laughs> so it can be quite sneaky delivery that mm. suits them. Yeah. But there's a lot out there, there's a lot of qualifications and it may be over time we decide 
that we want to offer more yeah and it may be sometimes we might have a learner that really is keen to pursue a, a particular career and they might need an art or a maths or geography gcse yeah. and at that stage we might need to get a specialized tutor in perhaps to help, to help facilitate that, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we're not adverse to more traditional looking mm. education but our offering for our SEN learners has got to be bespoke yeah and learner-led um, and learner-led as it is in the early absolutely. stages yeah absolutely and um, was it quite daunting the task when you kind of got given it or it was daunting because it's not like we can look at another school that mm. does it similarly to us and say well how do you do it yeah so it was very much starting from scratch but we did i found um, a couple of other schools elsewhere in the country that have a similar ethos to ours mm. so it was very useful to go and do a couple of visits and just see how they delivered yeah and that gave us some good inspiration yeah but i think it's also having seen the progress and the paths that these learners have taken already with us mm. let the aspirations increase that actually you know we that the work they can produce it may not look traditional it might not be sitting down and writing an essay mm. but it doesn't mean that their level of understanding and the let their level of creativity isn't the same yeah that can really achieve but it's just making sure that we are always looking at the learner yeah rather than our um needs if you like we're yeah. always looking at the learners needs and, and thinking about how they can best show their talents yeah and i think that is that's that's been the basis of it so yes it was daunting but it was really exciting, really exciting as well to be part of. Yeah, yeah exactly so yeah so obviously as we just kind of mentioned in most mainstream schools in fact they do start gcses in year nine for a lot of schools now so you think year nine year 10 11 like the focus is gcses and limited freedom for students, you know, they might get their options of geography yeah, or history yeah, or French or choice. German, but there's, you know, there's not much freedom for them. And I mean, GCSEs are like rote learning, isn't it? It's like, here's a, here's a bank of knowledge. Now let's try and get it in, get it in your head Absolutely, so that when you do that yeah. exam, you can do it. So we've kind of just touched a little bit on the alternative approach you've taken, but how does it kind of actually work in practice? What does that kind of, um, over those two years, what does it, look like for the learners i think <laughs> it is the, the huge difference is rather than it being teacher led mm. it is very much learner led mm. and i think what's exciting is now that we've got the phase one and two curriculum really developing mm. i think phase three will evolve further to make sure that it all really marries up well but what we try to do is we might have again an overarching project like we have talked about before but within that the learners will come up with their own individual projects mm. and then it's the, the tutor's challenge to see how we can get the um, different areas that will fit into functional skills and the ASDANs out yeah. of that project yeah. rather than us coming in from a sort of thinking oh today we're doing literacy and we've got to cover uh, writing a email yeah it'll be more we've done a project around a particular area and actually wow because we've done that can you send an email, please, to Chev, telling one of our him yeah. about what um, exactly what you've done? Yeah. Because then it's the project's there, but they're then pulling out of that a skill that we yeah. need them to have. So it's still it's really, really, really learner led. Can you give me an example of a project that you guys have done over like, yes. so far? So at the moment, we've tried to base a lot of our projects around um, a class book. Mm. 
And this term, the Year 10 group are doing War Horse okay. by Michael, Michael Monpergo. Yeah, classic. Um, which is a classic. <laughs> it's also a local author. He's from Paynton. Um, and we've got the Dartmoor link. The farm's on Dartmoor. We're going to be visiting the farm. But the big project is around history, World War One. And the learners listen to... The book is pitched slightly higher than a lot of their abilities, mm. so it's very much the adults read, and then the learners are, uh, enjoy the listening, but they, they bits are picked out. But mm. recent, So from that, in the last few weeks, we've done a piece of work around writing a letter home from the trenches to a loved one. And we began that by them thinking about their senses, so what they could hear, see, touch... A taste within mm. the, if they were in the trenches what what would that vocabulary yeah. be what would they what would that look like and then we thought about well if you were writing home our learners find empathy really hard if you were writing home would you want that loved one to know the reality of the horror of what you were going yeah. through or would you slightly rose tinted it, yeah. or, what would you do and then the final bit was they wrote the letters mm. and one of our learners who is someone who doesn't he's a very closed book and we spend a lot of time drawing him out of himself to have mm. confidence in front of his peer group and us and he decided that he was going to do his on his little learner laptop and he didn't he said i don't want any help i don't want you to i don't want you to look at this yeah so he beavered away and then they the learners have got their own email addresses and he said he was going to email to us at the end of the yeah. session and claire and i didn't get a chance to look until the end of the day and when we opened it and read it I'm not exaggerating, we were both in tears. And it is a phenomenal piece of work, which our head Robin is wanting to like put on the website, etc. But it just showed that it had really fired his imagination. Mm. And within it, he was was really honest about, and he was very, very insightful Mm. into what it would be like. But he was really loving, he was writing to his mum about his experiences but also about how he was missing his girlfriend at home and it was just a beautiful piece and I think that just showed we'd got the um, different skills in there we'd got empathy in there we'd got the understanding of what Mm. it was like back over 100 years ago to be in this war Um, and it was wonderful we've done the, the learners have made uh, horses, 3D horses. Oh, nice. They're brilliant. Clay? Um, yes. Yeah. And we're going to do some wood ones as well, hopefully. Um, they have just... It's, we talk, we've, they've done PowerPoints on the use of animals in the First World okay. War. I've learned some stuff there. <laughs> um, they've done... They've thought about conscription and what that would feel like as an 18-year-old, which isn't too far away mm, from where yeah, they are. Yeah, a couple are. of years away from them, yeah. They've cooked um, some recipes from uh, what was eaten in the trenches. Yeah. They've thought about um, women and how in the First World War, suddenly this really was the start of women taking many more roles within society because the men had gone, jobs still had to be done. Mm. And it did a lot for raising um, women's rights because people realised, well, we can't, you know, our economy can't exist without women, actually. So they've learned a lot about that. And it's just endless. There's just huge amounts. They've looked at uh, lots of maths to do with the number of soldiers that volunteered and how many came home. Um, And you said you're off to the farm. We're off to the farm. So it it, it actually exists, the farm? Yes, yes, it really does. Um, So we're we're doing a trip there. And they do, obviously, educational tours. Yes, I'm not sure they make too much of it mm. but because we obviously know Dartmoor we know and we can get to, to do a proper trip there yeah. and we're going to do they're going to take their um, digital cameras with them they're going to take some photos we're going to come back and also do a watercolour 
um, session based on the Dartmoor yeah. scenery, yeah, yeah. and that and obviously that hasn't changed, has it? In the since yes, the, yeah. the horses were taken from the farm, mm. so uh, a whole a project like that we can literally do for a term. Yeah. And the learners on different levels. Some of them are really interested in World War One. Some of them are really just interested in animals. Yes, so we can, yeah. Or they're really interested in food or whatever it is. Mm. There's lots, and they learn. They they say they've got questions, so they'll just you know they'll just find out things for themselves. Yeah. It's very learner led, but the overarching project comes from us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's lovely and it's just brilliant to see the work that they produce. Their imagination being fired up. The questions they ask. Mm. Um, and conversations they have at home as well about it, I think they're quite interested yeah. to, to find out more. Because they're engaged in the subject, they'll go yeah, home and ask more questions about so. it. Yeah, It's interesting. And I mean, just from those examples, you can see how it feeds into literacy and numeracy and history and art and Absolutely. food tech. And, yeah. Geography, we've looked at France yeah. and, you know, like where they were, how they got there. Yeah. We've looked at transport. Mm. Looked, just so how Another thing which was a big thing for a lot of them was we talked about, imagine now, you probably would be able to email, you'd be able to text. Mm. Then it was a letter. You don't know how long it's going to take to get even out of the enemy lines. Yeah. Back, how would, you know, what was the process? Probably by horse. Yeah. Probably um, it was going to take quite a long time to get home. Then the letter coming back to you, the communication mm. was so slow. Mm. We've talked about carrier pigeons playing an important <laughs> role, not yeah. in taking their letters, no. but in message taking. Yeah. We've talked a lot about propaganda that actually now we'd probably know the inside out of exactly what was happening. Then the sanitised version was what they heard at yes, home. Yeah. And therefore people did want to be volunteering, etc., to go and mm. fight because they didn't know the reality of it. Yeah. So the world has changed and that's a really good um, sort of like way of looking at what how it, we've evolved and mm. what will continue to evolve, but also whether it is it good that we've got the technology now what are the pros and cons, yeah. etc. So lots of can come out of yeah, it's good everything. because then that feeds into conversations about um, like fake news, isn't it? Absolutely, and how to yeah. check your sources. And that, and that's things. actually yeah. been a recent top. They've done a fake news. Have so, they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. So. <laughs> I bet that was really fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just so many links. So and many that's, links. That, yeah. And I think that gets the tutors fired up as mm. well, just to be creative and think about all that you can draw out of a simple fairly One, simple yeah, a book, book basically quite yeah. a short book yeah but a whole term's worth a whole term's of, worth of, yeah, of mad. really learner-led project-based mm. learning so you mentioned the asdans earlier so we've talked about the functional skills what what how does it what are asdan qualifications and they're more vocational mm. um and some of them are once the we're approved as a center which we are mm. we can some so of them that, that's just an awarding body yes okay. and some are internally moderated mm. and some are externally yeah. moderated and, and on a level of a gcse yeah. equivalent so the learners cover things like the pshe comes under it mm. um gardening cooking uh, they've uh, an uh, IT qualification, um, it, it, uh, environmental studies, a really uh, expressive arts, lots and lots of different. So do things. they choose which ones they want so, to do? Yeah, so mm. we kind of like give op- they they don't have total free reign. We give them options mm. as to what's achievable. Yeah, within our environment, and the different modules add up, and at the end of year eleven, they will be qualifying for a certificate of personal effectiveness which is like a GCSE it's nationally recognized but it's got lots of different elements and and one learner may have chosen a lot of the expressive arts Mm. plus some of the um, IT plus the PSHE and another might have done lots of the cookery so again it's a lot of their choice a bit like they would choose those couple of options for GCSE 
um, they can pursue some of their interests, which is really good. And also another one that they will do is work experience, which comes under um, ASDAN, the way they record when they go on one of their work experiences, the way they keep diaries, etc., do their Mm. own risk assessments. That also all counts towards it. So so it's a, I think ASDAN's a good, there are several bodies that do vocational mm. awards but it's a good fit for us yeah and it sounds like a lot of transferable skills for adulthood absolutely, as well absolutely um, like how many GCSEs do you do risk assessments for absolutely <laughs> yes <laughs> no, I, I, think that's, I think that's something that we've thought about a lot is we're not going to be sending out young people that are going to be academically offering as much as some of their peer group mm. but we want them to have those life skills to have yeah. had more work experience which arguably to, is more important abs- than the academic and side and i think anyway. that's yeah. what employers now mm. yeah, they want the young people that can actually step in to do a job yeah rather than young people that great they've got 10 gcses at a star but they actually have no idea how to go into an interview yeah. and perform well yeah, yeah. or how to answer a telephone or how to collaborate or, or how yeah. to be a part of a team or whatever mm. so i think those skills are things that our learners are going to actually have more of yes, yeah, yeah. than their peer group yeah. and that will certainly in things like interviews will set them above set which them is apart, really, yeah. pos- really positive well that leads us quite nicely to my next question which is to say that so not me obviously but some critics <laughs> might question whether the lack of 10 11 GCSEs mm might hinder them how, how would you address that concern we've obviously just kind of yeah, touched on it a bit but. i think possibly what career pathways our learners will aspire to will often be more practically based mm. they may be more around um not all of them but some of them it will be around land management mm. it will be around um tree surgery it might be um Oh, I don't know. This you had learned um, work on. experience in this bike shop, but yeah, so, so yeah. bike maintenance, car maintenance, yeah. lots of different things. But I think we're going to we're doing we're going to be doing a lot of careers input with them, mm. and also really illustrating that very different to perhaps our grandparents' generation, where a career was for life. Yes, yeah. These days, a career pathway is probably going to include lots of different mm. turns and journeys, and and they're not going to be just earmarked for one thing yeah so if they've got those skills that are transferable they've got that passion hopefully for lifelong learning which we're really trying to promote Mm. or in all that we do then it may be that the options will open up at different times for them but i think the qualifications that we're offering will suit our learners yeah takes off a lot of the prep one of the brilliant things about functional skills is we we can book a slot when they do their actual exam yeah and if they're not up for it that day we can change the date which is, which is so different yeah. to GCSE mm. yeah, which I think would set them on a back foot to start with because they could be in a bad place on that particular day and also day, they'd have that, that pressure of knowing that that, that, that day yeah it's everything on that day absolutely yeah. so that's really important to take the pressure off them yeah and I think it's really important that they have the subjects that are really going to stand them in good stead mm. and if they've got the level one in functional skills that is employers know what that is it's mm. going to step them into apprenticeships it's going to step them into uh, colleges mm. at a foundation level and it you know they're not going to be they're feeling that they've really achieved yeah but it is attainable and mm. it's not going to be totally out of their range yeah, which is we've set them up to fail yeah which is really important but yes obviously there will be other young people of the same age group who will be going out with 
much more academic qualifications mm. but we truly believe that our young people will be very rounded yes. and very ready for those next steps yeah. and I mean anecdotally um, I know lots of home educating parents that have gone to uh, kind of what they're called all the universities have a stand in a hall like those kind of open yes, day events yeah, yes. and they've said that so many of the university admissions people have said we're much less interested in 10 GCSEs mm. than we are for and a wealth of experience yeah, of like yeah. and you think about um we could talk about the the work experience like uh, you know the work experience that the learners here do feels like it's probably more um authentic yeah, maybe than yes. in school where you're just like oh, I've got oh to just do gotta just got to two do days it. of work experience and then you go to your mum's yes, lawyer's firm yes, when you don't want to be a lawyer yeah. and just file paperwork for a week like you know. Yeah, we want it to be what the mm. learners' interests are. Yeah. And we're going to, over time, it will take a while, but in the local area, so here, Exeter and the South Brent mm. area, we're going to build up a kind of portfolio of employers yes. who understand SEN, yeah. who we've got the risk assessments in place. Mm. So then when a young person it really shows an interest in being a veterinary nurse, yeah. we've got that veterinary practice that we know will be supportive yes. and will be able to really give them a good experience. Mm. Or someone wants to go in to be a barista, we've yeah. got that coffee shop yeah. that's there ready. Um, so that's the that's the aspiration for us mm. as a team is to build up over the next few years a Some really good, good bank of yeah. employers. And then it's not searching around at the last minute. We just know, oh yes, that's so-and-so, that's the perfect yeah. fit for this. Like yeah. this experience that learner needs because whilst it was 20 years ago I do still remember that work experiences coming up and all of us going oh, yeah, what do we do? do and everyone had like crap placements because no one really knew what they wanted to do at that point because they didn't have that lifelong love of learning no or, you know, and it was just, some, it was just like a tick box wasn't yeah, it you have it was, to do it yeah. oh I'll go and be in my dad's solicitor's firm yeah, for yeah I think I remember whatever. going to a local newspaper but just filing papers for weeks, but I didn't learn anything <laughs> or about... Or photocopying. Yeah, I didn't learn anything about newspapers or journalism. It was just, I learned how to file. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, that's probably a good school. Well, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> um, so you just uh, mentioned about um, building up a bank of people that kind of understand uh, autism and the fact that a lot of our learners are autistic or neurodiverse or got special educational needs. Um, so how, obviously, how does our approach work particularly well for these young people? We've touched on it a little bit with the lack of pressure with not having all the exams on one day but um what other things kind of feed into supporting them with their needs i think the biggest thing i absolutely 100 percent believe in is that we're outdoors i mm. honestly believe that's therapeutic mm. i think that being learner-led rather than putting a lot of adult pressure on mm. these young people to do what we think they should do yeah. or we think they should learn makes a huge difference mm. I think all our pastoral um, support, our SCMH support that we give, if the learner's not ready to learn when they come in to, to school in the morning, that's absolutely fine. Mm. The learner's got to be ready. Yeah. And there's no point in, there will be no learning happening until they are ready. So yeah. I think we'll so, we're so good at the grounding. We're so good at like understanding emotionally where we are as adults and where they are as well. Uh, we're brilliant at communicating with home as a school. Mm. So uh, uh, parents and carers feel able to tell us if it's been a bad weekend yeah. or what, what place their young person may be in that morning mm. that might be a hindrance. I think we are good at getting to know our young people because we work in small groups so yeah. that we know them so much better than we would do if we had a class of 30. Mm. And, and presumably they're not, obviously, again, in a school, they'd be moving 
classroom five so times the a day. So the tutor, absolutely, yeah. the tutor knows them really well. Mm. Um, I think we play to our strengths as adults. We've got a good team, and if one adult's better at delivering art aspects of a project then they will mm. um, so we play to our team's strengths as well and I think the proof is the pudding the learners attendance is 95% they want to be here yeah. at the outdoor school so I think we are doing it right and I think we're tweak we're also really good at being self-reflective mm. and tweaking and amending what we're doing yeah and that shows by the fact that we're evolving and and the phases are, are you know of just be, are becoming established and yeah. they will change probably with time again mm. but uh, we're not rigid we're flexible we're learner-led we're expert you know we're always doing things experimentally like yeah. we don't mind we'll, we'll just try something mm. might not do it again but yeah. we've tried it yeah, and yeah. the learners have and they like that they like we we can make mistakes as adults they can make mistakes and yeah. it's fine and I think it's taking the pressure off. Uh, we don't set homework. I've never been a good, a great believer in homework. No. I always here. think that. You think you spent six, six hours yeah, at school. Surely it's time to relax when absolutely. you get home, not do another three there's hours. Other, there's other things yeah. to do. Mm. So all those things, I think, go together and really enhance our learners. And for me, it's about opening doors. Yeah. A lot of our learners come to us when they've had so many doors shut in mm. their face for whatever reason, because they haven't been able to cope with mainstream yeah. education. And I think we we open those doors. We we're widening their opportunities and their life chances mm. by everything we're doing, and we will send out young people who are ready for those next steps. Yeah, and will do really well because they've got a little bit more self belief. Yeah, they're able to um, function in the world, and they will really do very well in life yeah i'm confident of that yeah i was just thinking about that statistic you said at the beginning about 16 percent but that's mad isn't it oh, like that's horrendous that's a really low percentage but um what what do you think the barriers are for people i mean obviously we're over, hoping to overcome them all i think here, there's but... a lot of i think there's a lot of prejudice in yeah. society when people know somebody has a label mm. but i also think it's the at it's even parents of those learners mm having low aspirations, yeah. not thinking they're going to manage to be able to mm. live self-sufficiently and have a career. Yeah. Um, but I think we, what's bizarre is quite often the very things that make someone be on the autistic spectrum and the very things that to an employer can be real assets yeah. because they love routine, mm. They'll, they love to know what time they're due to work, yeah. um, what's expected of them mm. and once they know those things they'll probably be the absolutely most brilliant employee yeah. Yeah, because they will love to be successful at, at that niche yeah. thing that they're yeah, doing yeah. so for us it's about encouraging them to find what they are interested yes. in and for us to help them to pursue mm. that and for the parents to believe actually my son or daughter can do this yeah. wow and be supportive in that so it's raising aspirations uh, of the parents as well as raising the, the aspirations yeah. of us as staff raising the aspirations of the learners mm. the parents and our communities yeah when we can start to send you know show what our alumni are doing uh, yeah and maybe publicizing that um locally and nationally who knows um i think we are going to buck the trend and i yeah. think we are going to break down those barriers they do exist but there's no reason why we can't be showing yeah. that they do not need to exist yeah. and that people on the autistic spectrum can really 
be successful in life and hold down excellent jobs, yeah. get a lot of fulfillment out of their careers yeah. and do really well. Do really well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you told us obviously about one of the projects you did. Is there, um, oof, I was just going to ask about uh, if there's anything specific that they're working towards where being in the outdoor environment is particularly supporting their goals. Yeah, so one thing we are getting off the ground at the moment is we've got, I guess it's maybe half an acre area that we're going to be turning into a, an allotment. Yeah. It's slowly, slowly, because when we came it was all covered with huge brambles, but a lot of the area is cleared now. We're setting up a wildlife pond and ultimately, in the future, we hope that we'll be growing a lot of vegetables mm. and fruit and salad and things that make us almost self-sufficient on okay. that. And the another aim is an enterprise project long term is to hopefully have a cafe on site. And we've got a bit of a captive market here because we've got a um, cottage hot, I don't know what you call them now, but a small hospital yes, site. Yeah. And we also have the outdoor group um, staff often on working mm. on the same site. So we're taking, we've got a building which is going to have a full kitchen in. Oh, amazing. And the long-term plan is to have a simple menu, but to be able to mm. take pre-orders from yeah. customers to make paninis and soups and things. Yeah. The young people will have a bank account. Yeah. They will uh, budget. They will get the ingredients. They will do the menus. They will do the cooking. Yeah. They'll serve the people. That's amazing. Um, so then presumably they'll from have the to stuff do... That they're then there's things like being able to get the food hygiene absolutely as well, so yeah another thing food, to add absolutely on to, yeah. um and hopefully develop and, and cooking qualifications mm. and working with the public and thinking about profit and loss mm. and thinking about budgeting yeah and so that's that's a that's and then something all the gardening that, as well yeah absolutely so that's kind of like something that our site is going to lend itself yeah. to really so well we're obviously in october at the moment so next year will be like your first proper yeah so we got we had raspberries potatoes rhubarb um this first season mm. But it, we really had only we just we just hadn't been able to without estates helping us mm. we hadn't cleared much of the site so we've got quite a bit cleared now, um, so yes hopefully we've got we've managed to get a grant for five hundred pounds, um, so we've got lots of seeds and we've got some lovely tools, and the learners have an afternoon doing the work on the area which soon will look like an allotment but yeah. that's exciting that's really exciting and that we couldn't really do that if we mm. weren't so outdoors we were outdoors yeah in fact I'm sorry this is not on my list of questions but I was just thinking <laughs> about that obviously I've spoken to other people from the school about how the outdoors lends itself to the kind of the way that we do education but I guess I was just thinking about it obviously where they are doing some qualifications that require you mentioned learner laptops earlier yeah how do you kind of balance that we've got her they've got a classroom here yeah so so a bit different this on Mm. this site because we're phase three we've got one lovely indoor space Mm. which has reliable internet (laughs) always always key key. and the learners have um i think it was through some sort of funding um the learners have got notebook type laptops i think they're called um so 
we try not to use them too much mm. but if they are if we need them to send an email or write a blog mm. or they or their strength is much more in typing rather than write if writing's a mm. barrier to them um then they've got those available yeah. and they produce excellent work like that and oh, all, and a lot of the tests that they'll be doing will be online yeah so they're getting the good practice mm. and it's a skill they need they need to have word processing yeah. skills in this day and age yeah. so it's an important skill as yeah. well but we try in our day we have three main learning sessions and two of them minimum are outside oh, every outdoors, day yeah. one there's the potential to use the indoor indoors. space okay. but because we've got three groups or we will have three groups eventually that we only want one group inside at yeah. a time anyway but so that works well um, but it also means some of our other sites are affected by the wind mm. and having to close here we don't have to shut for the wind yeah because we can get indoors if necessary mm, and yeah. that also enhances our um, offering of our curriculum if you like because we are here every day yeah every you know that it's never going to get cancelled yeah we're yeah. not going to get closed yeah. so that's good that's really good um but yes, I think being out, well, I think all our learners by this stage, obviously none of them are just joining us fresh here. They've come through the school. Through the process. So they have to they, do phase one and phase two of the curriculum to get to phase they three. They do really. Yeah. Some of them might have joined at slightly different times, mm. but they will certainly have had some of that approach already. Yeah. So that means that they are already able to perhaps come up with their own projects that yeah. they want to do. They're used to being outdoors. And they're brilliant with tools. Yeah. Uh, we still do a lot of the sort of tool-based learning here as well within our projects. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being outdoors is the key to what we do. The key I to think, what we really. do. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, is there anything else you wanted to tell us about our phase three or key stage four provision that we haven't covered? I think watch this space. We're going to be excited um, in July with the sort of first levers. And we're going to be excited this January because we're going to have our third group joining oh, us, the year nine. So yeah. that will be really exciting. So and you'll our... take on year nines as well as the year Yeah, ones. yes. Okay. And at South Brent, we've got, we'll have our first group of year nines as well who okay. will stay at South Brent. Okay. Um, so yes, exciting times. Um, staff teams growing and yeah, very exciting. Onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Yeah, yeah really exciting. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're a busy lady. Um, thank you, Hannah. Before we finish, because you've already done the podcast before when we talked about project-based learning, where I asked you my three questions. I've got two different questions Ooh, to close today. Okay. Well, one of them is the same, to be fair, because it changes. <laughs> my first one is, what are you reading or listening to right now? What am I reading or listening to? Because I presume that's not the same as it was a year ago. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I don't really... I'm not so... I'm not... I'm just probably because I'm so old. I'm not so into thinking about podcasts and things to mm. listen to, although I do listen to the outdoors. <laughs> nice plug. Obviously. Um, but I, and my memory is so bad, but I'm reading at the moment um, a good, totally mind-numbing book. Um, oh, my goodness gracious me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who the author is. I can't even think. But it's a, good, it's a psychological thriller. Oh, OK, lovely. At the moment. Um, but yes, your, I should maybe... release st- from Yeah, I do, so I do read some more. I mean, a book I, would, I did read recently and I love and I certainly would recommend is um, The Tent, The Bucket and Me. OK. Anyone my age who grew up in the 70s um, would love it. Okay. It's by someone called Emma Williams. It's autobiographical. Oh, and it's cool. just such fun about okay. um, a girl's camping exploits with her teacher parents okay. growing up in the 70s yeah. every single one's a disaster but they go again the next year <laughs> and it's lots of fun so that's yeah. a good one to read okay. <laughs> and uh, my last question is what is your favorite thing to do in the outdoors during the winter months 
uh, outdoors in the winter months is going on Dartmoor with my dog for a long walk. Long walk. And I, I live on the edge of Dartmoor, so very lucky. Those um, winter days where it's like crunchy underfoot mm, with frost. Love I it. love those, yeah. Yeah, and I the cold do. Sunshine, yeah. yeah. Just special. So, yes, it? even in my own time, I'm still outdoors a lot of the time. <laughs> that does seem to be true of most of the people it that work does, here. It does. <laughs> Probably why we work here. I think so. But yeah. Oh, thanks so much for your time today, Beth. Thank you, Hannah. Pleasure. And, uh, yeah, thanks very much. A big thank you again to Bev from the Outdoor School for coming to join us to talk about the alternative approach that we take to Key Stage 4 education. We hope that whether you're a parent, um, an educator, or just someone who's interested in the way we do things, that you enjoyed listening to that conversation. If you did, we would love it if you would share the episode with someone, rate it on your podcast platform, um, and rate the show, and just subscribe so that more people can find us. We'll be back in a fortnight with another episode, and until then, thanks for listening.